This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Welcome to Mercy Talk. We are in the month of February, and we are really excited about this month's series because we're going to be diving into some teaching from our UK Mercy Home. And this is actually from when Ariana Walker and Debbie Harvey, they're both our UK Mercy executives, they came and spoke in the Mercy Home here in Nashville. And so you're going to hear a lot of reference to the people in the room, the girls in the room, and uh, it's just, it's going to be a great uh, series of teaching on a couple different topics, and we're going to dive into Ariana's first because this precedes the leadership series that we just finished up, and Ariana is going to dive into some continued thoughts on leadership, and we thought, what better way than to pair hers up right after we finished with ours, and so we hope you enjoy uh, this teaching that she did right at the end of the year last year, and then Mel and I will come back at the end and dive into just a couple thoughts of our own. So without further ado, here is Ariana Walker. Life has momentum. Life has a power all of its own. Life will move like a river. And if you don't lead your life, your life will lead you. Your life will take charge of what's going on around you. And without deliberately choosing to place leadership and put leadership over your life, you will be dragged along by the current trying to keep your head above water instead of learning how to swim, instead of choosing to lead your life. Let me uh, give you the definition of lead. It says in the dictionary that to lead is to be in charge or command of. Notice it doesn't say be in control of. There is a difference between being in charge of your life and in control of your life. There is too much about life that is uncontrollable. So we can't ever try, or we can try, but we won't ever succeed in controlling our lives. But we can and should be in charge of it. We can't predict or control the things that happen to us and around us, but we can control and be in charge of our response to those things. We need to make choices. We need to make decisions. We need to um, understand that life's direction can be influenced by our own choice. And so I'm going to talk to you. If you want a title today, the title is Lead Your Life or your life will lead you. And we're going to look at the different areas of your life that you can bring leadership to, that you can be assertively making decisions that will be like swimming in the river. It will mean that you can direct yourself in the current of life, in the river of life. You cannot just be dragged along by it and going under every now and then and struggling to keep your head above water. You can and you have the power and you are empowered to actually swim, to make decisions about where you're headed 
and how fast you're going and when to slow down and when to steer out of the current, when you can have be in charge of the direction you take. So we're going to, you all got notepads and pens, yes? We're going to do a little bit of drawing. Now, this is probably not big enough, but I want you all to copy what I'm doing and draw like a dartboard. So you've got a middle circle, then another one, and then another one around it like that. You do not need an art degree to be able to do that. <laughs> so we're going to look at leading your life and leading yourself from the inside out. And we're going to start with looking at the area where our leadership is at its most potent. Where do we have the greatest level of influence, the greatest level of responsibility to bring leadership and direction into our lives? And it starts from the inside of us, our internal world. At the inside of who we are is the most important part of our lives to bring leadership to. Now, who knows what the word tripartial means? It's a very posh word. Anyone know what tripartial? We are tripartial. Anybody? Pardon? Tri means three. You're on the right track. Parts. Well done. Tripartial means three parts. We are made up. Our being is made up of three parts. Anybody want to take a guess what those parts are? What did you say? Mind, it's actually soul. So soul, but you've got, so soul. And what else did you say, someone? Body. You all have one, thankfully. And what else? Spirit. So we are soul, body, and spirit. Now, these three areas is what makes us us. We are, it, we have a soul, we have a body, we have a spirit. Now I'm going to talk on each one of those in a minute, but we're going to start with the soul area because actually the soul is also split into three. Anybody know what those three are? We already said one of them. Who said mind? Okay, mind is one part of your soul area. I'm, I'm running out of space, so I'm going to do down up here. Soul equals mind, will, and emotions. Well done. Okay. So we're going to start with those three things. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. Lead your soul or your soul will lead you. I think we prefer sometimes to think that God's going to do all this for us, that we're going to somehow come to a place like mercy and we're going to do all the things we're supposed to do. We're going to sit in class. We're going to write notes. We're going to say the words. We're going to pray the prayers. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to tick all the boxes. And then somehow our mind, will, and emotions will be swept clean by the power of God. And we will be completely how we think we should be. 
I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news today, but unfortunately, God has given over the responsibility of leadership of this area to who? You. Ourselves. We have to lead our soul, because if we don't lead our soul, our soul will lead us. And when you put your emotions in charge of your life, it gets very, very dramatic. Doesn't it, ladies? It gets very dramatic when our emotions are the force that we are being dragged along by. And like a strong dog, our emotions can have a power all of itself. And if we don't learn to be the one on the end of the leash that goes, no, we don't get to do this today. Let me tell you some examples of how I've learned to do this in my own life. Let's start with emotions. I remember a time, I don't know how many years ago, maybe a decade or so ago, I was standing in my kitchen. There was a lot going on in my life. It was actually around the beginnings of Mercy in the UK and some stuff was going terribly wrong because stuff always goes terribly wrong when you're trying to build something on enemy territory and I was being shot at from every direction and and the and the, the things we would we'd been building were looking like it was never going to work the finances were a struggle the relationships were a struggle there was all sorts of extra things going on in my family and in my own life and I literally remember standing in my kitchen and feeling waves of despair coming over me. Like, it, I felt like I was lost at sea. Anybody ever felt like that with emotions where it's like a raging sea and you're just trying to get your head above water and then you go back under again and you can't breathe and your heart's beating and I literally felt like wave after wave of despair was coming over me and I'm standing buttering bread in my kitchen whilst this is happening and I'm beginning to not really be able to breathe and... I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, as clear as day, right now, choose joy. I remember thinking to myself, that's ridiculous. Choose joy. There is nothing that I can see right now going on around me. The current of the river of my life is heading towards a waterfall and you're asking me to choose joy. I don't even know how to do that. I don't know that I'm supposed, how do, how do I choose joy when there's nothing to be joyful about right now? Again, choose joy. And I almost imagined in my, in, as I'm Hearing God say that to me, it was like he was throwing out one of those rings, rubber rings that you, you need to just grab hold on to. And, and it was like, grab onto this. You need to choose joy. And as I'm standing there, all that was coming to me was a really old song from Sunday school when I was a little girl. And it's, I don't know if you have it over here, but it's called Rejoice in the Lord Always. You're all way too young to know this song. Again, I say rejoice. No, you know it. Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, 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 again I say rejoice. So I'm literally, for some absurd reason, probably the Holy Spirit, that's the song that I started whispering. Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. I'm just saying it to myself quietly. And then I start singing it louder. And then I start walking up and down my kitchen, waving my knife around, 
Rejoice, rejoice again. I say rejoice, rejoice. And I'm commanding myself. I'm beginning to understand that my emotions can be led. My husband, bless him, walks into the kitchen, sees me swinging my knife around. Uh, and he, we've been married long enough now for him to know that there's times when he needs to leave me alone. And me waving a knife around in my kitchen is one of those times when he needs to leave me alone. So he just kind of looks at me, goes, okay, kind of backs out of the room, quietly closes the door again and leaves me to sing to myself, rejoice, rejoice. And you know something? Nothing about my circumstances changed. Not one thing. I did not get a miraculous phone call that said, hey, guess what? All the things you're worried about, all the things that were drowning you, all the things that were causing you to feel despair, they've all disappeared and it's all going to be okay. Nothing like that happened. But something inside me began to shift. Something inside of me began to be joyful. And I started to change the way I felt about the situation. I commanded myself by the words of my mouth to change the emotion I was feeling. And it would literally, I started laughing. I started laughing at the circumstances, started declaring that God was over everything around me, that he was the current that controlled my life, not the circumstances I was facing. And I began to feel strong because you see the joy of the Lord, which that was, that's not a joy that's, you know, an emotion. This was the joy of the Lord became my strength. You can be in charge of your emotions. David, King David in the Bible, there's a very famous scripture where he says, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? I will yet praise him. And he commands his emotions to focus on God. Lead your emotions or your emotions will lead you. You can actually lead your mind. We are bombarded with tens of thousands of thoughts every day. Some of them are from us, some of them from the enemy. Some of them are just thoughts, weird thoughts that we rather not think about too long. It's just thoughts. We have thoughts come into our brain. We generate thoughts. We Thoughts are there. They can be wild. They can be destructive they can form patterns in our thinking that lead us into the same destination again and again and again. And I've learned over the years that there is no su such a magic wand uh, that will wipe your mind. The brainwashing is sadly not possible by some magic wand of the Holy Spirit. We wash our brains. We are in charge of the direction in which, which our thoughts take us. It's like train tracks. They are on the rails and they go to the same destination again and again. And the only way to change the de destination of where your thoughts take you is by relaying the tracks. Many years ago, and I'm just going to give you lots of examples of 
of my own life because that's the only thing I can give you is the things I know to be true because I've experienced them and everything I'm talking about today is, is there because I know it to be true. I've seen it work in my own life. Many years ago, I was um, waiting for news of whether or not a lump that had been removed was cancerous or not. They couldn't, we have in, in the UK, the NHS, the National Health Service, it's amazing, it's free. Um, well, it's not, we pay tax, but it's, it's in- incredible. However, it does mean it's a little slow. So I had to wait two weeks to find out whether or not the biopsy that they had done uh, was cancerous or not. And in that time, I began to realize how powerful our mind can be and how quickly we can end up. I remember being in the shower and within a second, without a, a split second, I was planning my funeral. Like thinking, what song do I want at my funeral? And then I'm like, whoa, 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 back up one second. What? I just decided what song I wanted at my funeral. I'm like, what the heck? Our thoughts can be like a very fast river. And we have to still be able to lead them. I remember during that waiting time, constantly having to fight fear, doubt, unbelief. And I was reading my word, always a good thing to do in a time of waiting. I opened up my word and came across Psalm 23, one of the most famous scriptures that many people quote. And it said there that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And as I was reading that and thinking about that before I went to sleep, I had the one and only God dream I've ever had in my life. And I went to sleep thinking to myself, why is there a table prepared for me in the presence of my enemies? Why are the enemies there? Why didn't God, why doesn't God just get rid of the enemies? And as I'm going to sleep, I had this dream and I saw myself sitting in a restaurant. And this restaurant was a familiar place to me and I was sitting in a big round table and there was companions and friends I had with them. And as I looked around the table, I saw that there was a companion called Joy. And there was a companion called Wisdom and a companion called Grace and Faith and Hope and Love. These were my companions and we were talking and we were laughing and we were singing and we were past the salt and would you like some more bread? And we were literally just like any group of friends sitting in a restaurant enjoying ourselves. And as I'm sitting there in my dream, looking around this table, I become aware of the fact that by over by the bar in the shadows are standing three figures. And as I look at them in my dream, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, that they are fear, doubt, and unbelief. And I said out loud in my dream, why are they here? They don't belong here. And the Holy Spirit said to me, they are here because this restaurant, like your life, is public territory. They are permitted to be in the vicinity of this space. However, who sits at your table is by invitation only. And I began to realize that, hey, guess what? 
I am in charge of what goes on up here. I may not be in charge of what is out in the vicinity. I can't control the circumstances. I can't control the space within which I find myself. I can't evict someone from a public space, but I can make sure they don't sit at my table. And as I am carrying on in this dream and aware of fear, particularly taking closer and closer steps, because every time I glanced in his way, he would take another step forward. Every time my eye caught his eye, he would see it as an invitation to come closer until the point at which I realized that he was standing right behind faith. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, look around your table. There is no empty seat for fear to take his. And faith will not share her seat with fear. Who are you going to ask to sit down at your table? I woke up from that God dream being absolutely convinced that my fight that I was facing was not to do with cancer. It was to do with what goes on up in my mind. That I needed to learn to be the leader of my thoughts. Otherwise, my thoughts will be the leader of me. And I know many of you know that when your thoughts are the leader of you, you get dragged along the floor by powerful force that you should be in charge of. I'm do a little exercise with you. And it's just a little thing to help you understand how you fight your thoughts. And so I'm going to ask you all in a moment to count to 10 inside your head, quietly to yourself. Okay, and then I'm going to give you an instruction, and you then to do the instruction I give you. Everybody understand that? Yeah? We're all ready? Staff? Two? Good? Nods? Okay. Start counting to 10 slowly inside your head. Now say your name out loud. All right, like three people did that, which is my first point. When you are given instructions by God through his word, most of us don't do them. We're like, what if I'm the only one? What if it's a trick question? What if she's going to like, it's your name, by the way. How can that be a trick question? What if she gives me the microphone? I have to say it into the microphone. What if, what if, what if, what if? And in the meantime, the instruction you were given to do has gone by and you missed the opportunity because those of you who did say your name out loud, what happened to the counting in your head? Stopped. Because you can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You have to fight thoughts with words. Don't be so scared of your own voice. So in the moment when your thoughts are racing, in the moment when you can't seem to grab hold of what's going on, you speak and you say, in the name of Jesus, I command my thoughts to calm. I take hold of the truth of his word. And you find a scripture, any scripture, one that is powerful and meaningful to you, a scripture that God's given you, a promise that he said, even a line from a song, whatever it might be, you speak it out. You intercept the racing of the thoughts. And you bring leadership. You bring, you bring assertive 
being in charge of that space inside your head. Can I tell you, God is not going to do that for you. He will do it with you. He will help you. He will add strength and he will add wisdom and he will give you what you need to be able to do it. But the choice to do it is yours and yours alone. And I know sometimes that's hard because we think, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want it to be done for me. This is why I'm here. I'm here to learn. I'm here to someone to help me fix whatever's going on inside me. And I'm here to say, actually, it's you. You have a much greater part to play in your own breakthrough and in your own healing than any of us ever really want to admit. We can't just be passive recipients of God's power and not partners in a powerful process. Because actually that's what God's inviting us into, is to be a partner with him in a powerful process called leading yourself from the inside out. So in our soul area, which I'm spending the most time talking about because it's the most rogue. <laughs> it's the one that has the, it's the big dog that has a lot of power and our soul area can be the one that it, that, that, that goes AWOL and we think it's in charge when it's not. And so the other element of the soul area is our will. I would say your will is probably the most powerful aspect of who we are as people. You all have a very strong will because you would not be sitting where you are right now if you didn't have the will to be here. So don't be saying to anyone, this is too hard, I can't do it, it's not what I thought. No, 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 there was a time, a few weeks, a few months, or however long ago, where you decided, you made a leadership decision by your will to say, this is not enough, I cannot do this anymore, I don't want to live my life like this, I want a different future than what I think it's going to be if I stay where I am. You made a choice. You said, I want help. You said, I want to change. You said, I want transformation and I want hope. And I will do whatever it takes to get that. And that's why you're here today. So I'm speaking to people who understand the power of will. You know you have a will. And your will, and I don't really know how else to describe it. It's just that internal strength of who you are, what you decide. It's the, it's the ability to choose. It's the ability to lead. It's the ability to make a change. You are strong women. Don't let anybody tell you that you're here because you're weak or broken. You're not. You're strong. Your will is strong. It's not easy to get here where you're sitting. We make it hard on purpose to test your will. How much do you, do you want to be well and are you prepared to do what it takes to be well? The answer is yes, because you won't be here if the answer was no. King David exercised his will all the time. You just have to look throughout the Psalms and he acknowledges his circumstances. He gives a voice to his emotions. 
He doesn't ignore the emotions. He doesn't silence them. He doesn't, you know, shut them down. Our emotions are a, are a, are a necessary part of who we are. They are, the, our emotions are signposts along the way. They tell us right now, it's okay. You, it's a sad time. Be sad. It's a happy time. Be happy. It's a confusing time. Be confused. It, they're just signposts along the way. They're not the destination. It's not, you are in confusion. Stay here. They're just signposts. What I love about King David is that through the Psalms, he acknowledges the signpost. He goes, I am down. I am in the dirt. I am surrounded by enemies. Where are you, God? You've forgotten me. When are you going to come through? How long do I have to wait? Where, where's this answer you're supposed to be bringing me? Where's my salvation? Where's, he asks the difficult questions of God, like Debbie taught us yesterday, where she was talking about it's okay to let your emotions be real and felt and big in front of God and with God. It's fine. God can handle that. But we can't stay there. And David, though he says, I'm eating dust, I am done, I am out, I am depressed, I am hopeless, I am in despair. Every single time he goes there, he also says, yet I will. Yet I will praise the Lord. Yet I will raise my eyes and see where my help comes from. Yet I will acknowledge that you are the king and you are the power behind all of it. He constantly says, yes, emotions, you get to have a voice, but you don't get to lead. My will will redirect where my eyes are looking. I will declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will I will, I will. Lead your soul, or your soul will lead you. Nobody's going to do it for you. It's no one else's responsibility to do it for you. You will be equipped here on how to do that successfully and effectively. You'll be empowered to go and do that out in your everyday lives, but no one's going to do it for you. everybody, Nancy Alcorn here, founder and president of Mercy Multiplied. I love every time I get to connect with you guys. I love sharing exciting news and I want you to know the very end of 2018, we made the decision to advance our age range. It used to be 13 to 28 and now it's 13 to 32. And in the first two weeks alone, we have had 26 young women between the ages of 28 to 32 apply to our program. So I want you to know that in case you know someone who needs help, we would love for them to apply. You can check us out and apply online at mercymultiplied.com. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that teaching um, from Ariana and If you couldn't tell yet, she still has more to come. That was literally just the first half of her teaching on leading your life. Um, And again, you know, as Rachel mentioned before the show, it just felt so... Uh, fitting that we are following up a whole series on leadership with this teaching from Ariana. And so, um, you know, I 
I thought it was just interesting, even in how she started this, Rachel, by talking about, you know, how we are tripartial mm-hmm. beings. Yeah. Of course, the way she says it is so much cooler. It is, because she has that awesome She's accent. She's like, tripartial. Yeah. Oh, ooh, that Did was you good. like that? That was good. That was uh, good. <laughs> so... But we are soul, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but she breaks down the soul even further into the three parts of mind, will, and emotions. And so, yeah, the, the teaching that we heard today was where she was really focusing on leading your soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions. And if you don't lead your soul, your soul is going to lead you. And it's funny because I even just thought, I remember hearing this teaching going like, what? Lead your soul? Like, what's that mean? I don't know. I mean, I liked the analogy of like the dog leading you on a leash, but I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm following how you lead your soul, but really what she was, she was talking about like, you have choice. Yeah. Like you don't have to let your mind rule everything or your emotions rule everything. You have choice in those areas. And so I just, I thought it was so, so powerful. Yeah, no, I agree. It was so powerful. And kind of going back to what you just said about like, oh, am I tracking with that? I'm not sure. I think part of the reason too, it it may sound a little off, especially in the church. You think, well, God's the one that leads me, you know, Mm. like, uh, like, is it okay to say that, you know, is it okay to say lead your soul? And so I thought it was really interesting that she kind of just broke it down and said, truthfully, like the Lord gives you free will over those areas. Mm -hmm. You, you know, we talked about ownership before in our series, Mm -hmm. he gives you that dominion over your life to say, okay, am I going to, am I going to make a choice in, um, how I, you know, guide my, am I going to allow my emotions to dictate my life or am I going to step up and say, no, I'm going to uh, make certain choices that help direct a different path, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and she even pointed out, I'm not saying you can control your life. Right. Because you can't control your life. And, and I thought that was so good that she brought that out in the difference of the two and in, in saying, here's what's God's lane is, and here's what mm-hmm. He has given you dominion over and yes. responsibility for. Ooh, that's good. And so, um, I, you know, I thought a great example of that was when she talked about, you know, choosing joy. She told that story of when just like waves of despair were coming over her, and that the Lord yes. literally said to her, I want you to choose joy. Yeah. Now, we can all acknowledge, and, and I'm pretty sure she did, even at some point in her teaching, like, that does not mean <laughs> that you do not embrace and allow yourself to feel yeah. sadness yeah. when that's appropriate. I mean, sometimes if I'm in the depths of despair, if someone came up to me and said, just choose joy, I would punch them in the face. Bless like, no, you. <laughs> do not, do not say that to me. Now, if the Lord told me that, that would be a different story. Right. But you know, there are, there's something so good about feeling your emotions and that's not what she was talking about. Right. Um, she wasn't saying you don't ever feel any of these things, sadness, anger, don't feel them know how to process them in a healthy way, yes. but then don't let them lead out yeah. Yeah. or determine yes. everything that you think or what you do or like put them in their rightful place and allow yourself to feel those things and process those things. But then there's also times where you can even lead your own emotions and say, you know mm-hmm. what? I can sit in this pit of despair yeah. for as long as I want to. But I also can start to choose mm-hmm. to think a different way, yeah. feel a different way, choose, make different choices. So anyway, I just, I thought that was really powerful. No, I agree. It's, it's actually really practical. And I kind of started thinking about, okay, where have I allowed, where have I let my emotions lead me? Mm-hmm. You know, where, and we all know those people and sometimes they're us <laughs> where we have let our emotions 
be the leader and and you they're really easy to spot because a lot of times those people are very unpredictable Mm -hmm. like they're kind of like time bombs I mean when your emotions are leading you never know what you're gonna get and so I had to kind of go back and go wow yeah that was a time where I I let my emotions take mm-hmm. take the reins, and it could be a scary journey for you oh, and everyone in your life. Bless, exactly. <laughs> so so true. Mm-hmm. So kind of asking, you know, where do I need to choose joy? Where do I also? Where do I need to lead my emotions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Those are good takeaway questions um, for the listeners. Yeah, of just maybe even asking those questions of maybe just even for all of your soul, mind, will, emotions, like where do I need to take more leadership and responsibility in these areas and, and make choices yeah. um, that bring me into a more whole, healthy place as a person. Yeah, so I thought that was so good. Well, so you guys stick with us because you've only heard the first half of her teaching. So next week, we're going to be um, playing the second half where she is going to talk more about leading your body and leading your spirit. Um, it's just so good, so rich. And so we hope that you uh, will join us then. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.